Welcome back to Throwing Hands, uh, second to last episode of the year. Jared, how you doing, my man? Hanging in there, man. Happy holidays. Yes, happy holidays to all of you out there. But we're just going over the main card um, of Strickland, uh, Cannoneer versus Strickland. Um, interesting card. Um, this will be a shorter episode, but we'll start off at the beginning. Uh, Cody Brundage, Michael Olesajo. Sajuk, gosh, Polish names are hard. But um, you were right about this. I I I got I got, I got to give it to you, Jared. Uh, Oleg Sajuk, uh, he really took Cody Brundage to to the to the classroom, man. He he dominated this fight. 21, 25 total strikes to uh one total strike for Cody Brundage, and yeah, probably would have turned out differently if Brundage uh wanted to uh well if he had had a full camp. But what were yeah. your thoughts on this one? Absolutely. I think, you know, Brundage took a tough fight on short notice, you know, props to him, but um, Olin Jacek, man, just completely showed out, did what I thought was most of my picks are what I see as like a best performance. Olin Jacek definitely gave his best and got out of there in the first round, you know, real, uh, real impressive. Yeah, that was good, good stuff there. Um, Okay, we need a deep study on Drew Dober's chin. Bobby Green was piecing him up. He didn't fall, and then Drew Dober, um, I think it was a left hook or something, got caught Bobby Green and put him out cold. Um, yeah. That wasn't something I was expecting to see, but Drew Dober needs to be studied, I think, Jared. Jared. The crimson chin, man. The crimson chin, you know. I was thinking, looking back at it, he has some really nice counters. I thought I definitely was not surprised that Bobby Green outstruck him, but, you know, that was one thing that I didn't see Drew getting necessarily a finish or a knockout like he did, but I thought Drew was just going to have a little bit more damage on Bobby than what he did before he finished him, and, you know, he ended up getting the KO, but that crimson chin man is crazy. <laughs> it, it's different. I I haven't seen anything like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. But oh. here's the thing with people with chins like that, man. Well. Like – like once it once the chin's gone, it is gone. Yeah, as soon as he goes out once, it's gonna be bad news for his next couple fights, you know. So yeah, uh, guys, if you once you see him like Bobby Green, yeah, and it's and the thing with Drew Dober is you know he's not gonna get TKO'd. He's gonna go out like a light, and that's just what's gonna happen. Unfortunately, that's what happens to everybody with a good chin. Chuck Liddell will tell you that. Um, but. Ooh, this was a gnarly knockout. Um, Alex Caceres versus Julian Arosa set set it up with the left. Arosa parried to the right and bang, shin to chin. Arosa was out, man. Uh, hurt a little bit. Julian was like the second guest on throwing hands ever, but dang, that was beautifully set up. Yeah, absolutely. This was a this was a tough one. I think the one that really made me feel confident in Alex was their uh, common opponent. 
Um, Alex's last win was over Sungwoo Choi. Arosa's last loss was to Sungwoo Choi. Arosa had the odds in his favor. And I don't know. I definitely thought it was going to be a tight one. I think what I said was a submission for Caceres. And that was, you know, that was best case scenario. I thought it was going to go to a decision. I was real surprised with Alex, how he got it done, you know? Yeah, that was beautifully set up. Um, Kind of like a Leon Edwards head kick type thing. It's been almost the exact same setup, but dude, we got to get Amir Albazi some ranked competition. This dude is definitely a problem. Um, That was a gorgeous uppercut. He landed on uh, Costa. Um, I think Costa can make some headway in this division, but Amir Albazi, he's, he's very good. And I want, I want him to see, I wanted him to see somebody top five, like the loser of Perez and Kai Cotta France. Mm-hmm. And February, I think that'd be a good matchup for him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, going into this fight, he what he had two opponents, two opponents out before this. Costa gets put on for his debut. Um, I said it. I said it on the prediction. Like this isn't something that Albazi wants for his, you know, trying to climb the ranks. But he went out, and got stuff done, um, and that's all you can ask for. You know, it's all he got it done. For sure, he he's he's very good. I, I just need to rest, see him. Yeah, I just want I want to see him against some rank some rank competition. Yeah, but dang, good for him, dude. Sarukian, I mean, Ismagulov is that dude is strong. Oh my gosh, the willpower to not get taken to the ground. But Armin Sarukian, I I think his grappling can compete with Mahachev's. I mean, if you watch their yeah. Uh, their first fight, well, their only fight, if they ever fight again, but Sarukian was really competing with him well, and Sarukian's only like 25, I'm pretty sure, but mm-hmm. dude, he put he put on a clinic, man. He yeah. he looked very good. He's he's scary. Good freestyle wrestler, man. Got got the wrestling done. Got the decision. You know, did everything he needed to do, and that's I think both of these guys. We both agreed last episode. These guys are the future of lightweight you know they're both going to be in the top five eventually after this um wave moves out these guys are the young guys and it's going to be a takeover and you know to get these two a matchup with these two out of the way right away is kind of interesting for a business perspective because they could have put them against two old heads you know but this was a great great fight for a fight night you know this was a great co-main for sure i'm not complaining a lot of fun to watch and a lot of fun to cover for us. Yeah, and the thing with, I mean, Suruki wanted to fight up, but no one wants to fight him. Which I don't blame him. I would, I wouldn't want to fight him either. But mm-hmm. man, he's he he's really good. Uh, he'll be. I think he, he'll contend for a title one day. He'll be in a title fight. As for Ismagulov, both these guys, and like you said, very interesting matchup. Yeah. This was weird. First two rounds, negligible who won each round. Round three, round four, and round five. Round four was a little more clear to Strickland, but they were so, every round was so even. And the fact that somebody had a 49, all three judges had a 49 46 uh, card was crazy because the only way I could imagine someone winning this is 48 47. This was a. As even as even as it gets, and either either one of them could have won this fight. Yeah, absolutely. 
I agree completely. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a tough fight to end the year on, but you know, it was a good fight, you know, to, uh, two fighters who are trying to get their name up in the middleweight um, championship contention. And it's just went, went Cannoneer's way, but I was definitely not expecting this to go the distance. And it was way more, way more even than what I thought it was going to be real surprising. Sean fought his butt off, but I guess to the judges, he didn't get it done, but we've had problems with judges lately. So yeah, it's it is a problem, and hopefully it gets sorted out. But speaking of middleweight, so Paulo Costa and Robert Whitaker are not fighting, which I'm quite disappointed about. Uh, I think Costa wanted more money. I don't blame the guy. I think he, I think he got paid like sixty and sixty to fight Izzy, which uh, that's that's crazy. Paulo, give all, Paulo Costa all the money in the world. He's the funniest guy on the roster, but. Yeah. I'm not. I know they want. They're moving Robert Whitaker, which I don't know why. Cannonier took no damage in that fight. Mm-hmm. I understand Rob, uh, Bobby Knuckles and Cannonier fought about two years ago, but why not just pair him up again? I don't. I don't see why not. I think that makes perfect sense. I think that's that's pretty messed up too to just push him back and now waiting for if they're gonna make it the Pereira Adesanya too. It's just waiting to see who wins that. It's like now Whitaker's out of it for a couple of months when he could have another fight under his belt and make middleweight a little bit more interesting, you know? Yeah, like I don't think Derek Brunson's fighting anybody. Um, yeah. I think I think Whitaker would beat him. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, he's not. And the thing is, he was training for this fight, had a camp, and now he doesn't have the money to pay his coaches. Yeah. that That's the thing. Um it, it, that's just that's what disappoints me because I I would have loved to see him fight, but man, Costa Whitaker would have been awesome. Yeah. Um it's a shame, but you know it is a business, and you got to see both sides for sure. You know, um, just I've been watching a whole bunch of videos on the pay for these guys, and it's just it's it's tough. It's tough having to go through all this stuff that you're paying, um, medical bills afterwards, pay your coaches, pay your trainers and stuff like that and then by the time all said and done if you don't get a performance bonus then you're scrounging a couple thousand to yourself you know but i understand the pay for more but then you put another really good fighter really a big fan favorite then and a really weird position put the fans in a weird position too but it i think he's trying to look for a wake-up call to the ufc but i don't think that's going to get it done you know yeah um, but I mean, you can't blame Paulo if he, I mean, if he's not, if he's not getting paid at least a hundred and a hundred, dude, I don't blame him for holding out. He's, he's really, he's one of the best in the division. Um, but uh, man, I hope they give Whitaker a fight. I hope they manage that out because that'd be great for him to fight in Australia. Um, one more thing before we move on, but and end the episode, Aaron Blanchfield, Tyler Santos, uh, fighting in February, dude, I am, I am amped for that fight and i know this is a massive step for blanchfield uh at number 10 going out to fight number two but dude i I can't wait for that i I really can't i think that'll be an awesome fight blanchfield looked awesome in her last fight you know why not bump her up a little bit and give her the shot you know um 
definitely a fighter that they can keep pushing to get a title fight, you know? So yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Like the top half of that flyweight division is getting a little older now. Andrade is like the youngest person in the top six, but you know, Laura Murphy's, she's a little older. Chikagian's, she has a lot of fight on her belt. Tyler Santos, she's a little older. Fioto. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if we can get these young girls, uh, young ladies up at the top, like Blanchfield, Macy Barber, Cortez, uh, you know, Hebas, get them up to the top, bro. It'll this flyweight division is good. I think the same thing will happen, like the the lightweight division with the guys. It's gonna be quick, it's gonna be swift, and it's gonna be violent when these young girls come in and get out the old older folks, and then they'll take over. I think that's gonna be the same thing. Absolutely. I agree. All right, man. That'll do it for this episode. You got anything else to add? No, I think I'm good. Cool. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Third Hands. We'll see you next time for the year end review where we go about, give out our personal awards. Jarrett and I will, you know, we have we have some categories. We'll give out who we think is the best for each. But yeah, thanks for joining and we'll see you guys next time.